Hey guys, welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. So recently I've had a lot of questions from people asking about distributions. How does everyone get paid? How to, how to, you know, once you get a return, how does everyone get paid back on the deal? So today we're going to walk through private equity waterfalls, catch-ups, clawbacks, all the above. At the end of the episode, I'm going to give you a few examples of how my fund runs, my dad's funds. Anyways, pretty exciting stuff. And it's crucial to understand this when understanding the fund world. So hope you guys enjoy. Peace. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. So today we're going to talk about private equity waterfalls, catch-ups, and clawbacks and what the heck they are. So anyways, I'm going to dive right into this. There's going to be a lot of content, not a lot of story. Um, At the end, I'm going to give you a few examples of my fund, how our fund is structured, and then an example of my dad's first fund and then another fund that I found out their structure just to give you different ideas of how funds do this. And there's lots of leeway in this. When you're setting up your waterfalls, catch-up, and clawbacks, you get to write the Bible. You get to write the LPA and PPM. Understand that. And so because you get to write the Bible, you can put in whatever rules and regulations you want. So I'm going to walk you through typically what, what these terms mean and then uh, give you a few examples at the end. So starting off, private equity waterfalls essentially is how does everyone get paid in the most simple terms, right? How do limited partners, your investors, and then how does fund management or your general partner get paid when you do a deal? So I'll give you a, you know, let's do a simple example. Let's say, you know, you did whatever deal. It could have been a debt deal, a real estate deal. You bought a company and sold you a VC deal, whatever. And it made you a 15% IRR. Okay. How most funds are structured. There are different tiers of how that 15% is split up. So most funds at the beginning take what's called a management fee. And typically it's a 2% management fee. Now I personally strongly like I hate management fees, like on your, especially your first or second, even third fund, I would recommend not charging a management fee. When you don't charge a management fee as well, you avoid lots of regulation uh, because the SEC came out recently and said, if you're going to charge two fees, a management fee, and what we're going to talk about in a second, a performance fee, you need to have someone on your team that has a series 65 and uh, be licensed a certain way. So to avoid that, I just tell people don't do a management fee. And a lot of funds, my dad's first funds didn't have a management fee. He now manages $20 billion of real estate. Um, my funds never have charged a management fee. I just only do performance fees. Um, probably in my, maybe I'm on my second fund right now, maybe third, fourth, fifth fund. We'll charge a, a management fee. We'll see. Uh, but anyways, mo- a lot of funds charge a 2% management fee up front. I tell you not do that. And then after that, they do something called the PREF or preferred rate of return. So most funds, I would say somewhere around an 8% PREF. So what that means is I tell investor, hey, when we get a return, a 15% return, like our example, the first 8% goes to you. I do not make a dime unless you're charging a management fee, but I tell them I don't make a dime until you make at least 8%. They go, wow, that's really nice, you know? So I'm gonna work to get above that. What's next is what's called the catch-up. So a catch-up is, and usually most funds do it like 100% catch-up. So it catches you up to your carried interest. So for example, the first 8% goes to the investor. The ninth and 10% 
will come to me as the fund manager, the general partner. Okay, that's called the catch up. And then above that is what's called carried interest. And uh, this has been heavily debated about how this is taxed. You, may, you might hear this on the news, how they tax carried interest. But this is why, carried interest is why rich families send their kids to Wharton and Yale to get their kids, to get good grades, graduate, work in a fund, and be a part of the general partner to participate in carried interest. That is why they do all of that is for carried interest. Most funds will charge somewhere around a 20% carried interest, meaning... 80%, so it's 80-20 split. So 80% goes to the investor, limited partner, 20% comes to the general partner. So back to our example, 15% return, first 8% goes to the limited partner, 2% catch up to the fund. And then from percentile 10 to 15, you would split that 80-20. So 4% goes to the limited partners and 1% comes to the general partner, right? That's That would be kind of the, the split. You can do other things. Now that's a typical like two and 20 fund. You've heard that. You can tweak this quite a bit. And I'm gonna give you a few examples um, in just a second. Um, Before I go in there, I wanna talk about clawbacks. Clawbacks as well as another term you might hear if if you're a limited partner in the fund world, should we have a clawback clause? Essentially what this is, is talking about fees. A lot of times it's the management fee, but it's also the carried interest fees that are paid out to general partners. There's usually provisions in your documents to protect your investors, limited partners to say, Hey, if you know, if this deal goes good, 15%, everyone gets paid and there is some type of mistake or the next, maybe the next three or four deals go bad. And you're running on a European waterfall system, right? Where you're all your deals are conglomerate. First deal goes great. Everyone gets paid out. And the next four deals go bad. And you, maybe you got a, you know, a 4% return on them, right? Well, the investors are saying, Hey, you know, you took carried interest on that first deal, 15% and you took some money, right? You took your, your, your catch up and then your 1%. So you took 3% on that deal, but these other deals went bad and you didn't even hit your pref. So you should pay us back. Um, and, and then that, so that's what a clawback is. They, they can claw back the money. So now, unless the company goes to zero and you go bankrupt, right? They can't claw back any money, but investors can claw back. So just understand your documents. When you're looking through that. That's what a clawback clause is. So I want to give you a few examples. My first fund was, a, was exactly what I just taught, taught you right there. 8%, 2% catch up, 80-20. I then changed it to say, hey, once we hit a 20% IRR, we're going to split 50-50. Instead of just doing 80-20 till forever, once we hit a 20% IRR, we're going to go 50-50 on our fund. So it gave me more money as a general partner and incentivized me to get high returns because the higher returns I got, the better waterfall that I got back to me. Um, you can do even even bigger stuff. So my fund was averaging a pretty high IRR and that's why I did that because I wanted to participate in those high gains. Um, I run a debt fund and our, our loans would turn fairly quickly and an IRR is an annualized number, right? So if we did a loan, for example, let's just throw out round numbers. An example loan, we did it in one month and we made a 10% return on that month total after points and after all the interest and stuff, 10% total. That's really 120% IRR. It's like pretty impressive, right? And I didn't want to give up 80, 20 all the way up to hundred you know, 120% IRR. So we started to split it at 50, 50. Um, my dad's one of his first funds, what they did was they did a, I think they did a higher pref. They did about a 12% pref, which was really high. They said, we're not taking any management fee, doing a 12% pref. We don't make any money unless you make money. And the investor was like, wow, that's very confident of you as a, as a fund manager. They said, then we'll do 80, 20 until we hit 25% IRR. And then we, as the general partner, take a hundred percent after that. 
Okay. And they're like, yeah, if, you know, if we get over, over 25%, we'll take hundred percent of that. The investor said, okay, you know, that's pretty bold, bold move. And they started their fund and their investors were getting a fantastic return, right? For them, it was, they got the 12% pref and then they split 80, 20 to 25%. And so they're, I mean, they're they're and they were maxing that out, right? All, every, every quarter they're beating their chest. Like, oh man, we're taking home. It depends on the quarter, but somewhere, you know, 17, 18, 19, and I'm giving you round numbers here. Um, somewhere around there and they're telling their brother-in-laws and their father-in-law and their cousin and their sister and everybody, right. I'm getting this great return. Little did they know the average IRR was like 105, 120% on that fund. They were leaving a ton on the table. And my dad and his partner were just bringing in so much money because they were doing really fast short-term loan deals that were producing 120% IRR. And they were just turning money really fast. The speed of capital was crucial to them. Gave, their investors were super happy. Them as fund managers were obviously very happy. And the people getting the loans were happy because they had short-term capital. They could turn really quick. They were in a bind or had some type of a, you know accounting error. They needed a million dollars in three days. you know, So they'd give them a million dollars. 30 days later, they could pay them back. And, um, after points and everything, they would make, make maybe make a 10% return after that. Right. Pretty cool fund idea, right? Not bad. Um, another example. So I've already given you three examples of different funds. Um, another example. So Cardone capital, everyone knows Grant Cardone, right? Runs a fund. They manage about a billion dollars, just over a billion dollars in Cardone capital. They've launched a series of funds. Um, and they're trying, they've actually done something new. They're trying to get people that are not accredited investors into their fund, right? Now their terms of their fund, they charge a 1.4% management fee and then they charge a 6% pref and then they split 65.35 above that. So I was on the phone with them. And I was like, man, this is a kind of an expensive fund. And they're like, well, we don't charge 2%. We charge 1.4%. I was like, okay, you save me, you know, you know, 0.6% on the upfront management fee, a 6% pref and then 6535 I was like man I because I, I know a lot of other real estate funds that are more of a two and twenty eight percent pref I was like I'm sorry I, this just doesn't doesn't I mean you guys just can't compete with other funds that are way bigger than you um you know you look at Blackstone you look at kkr you look at uh bridge investment group they are not they're not that low but they said hey if as a non-credit investor you can get in this fund right and those other big funds you know kkr uh uh Blackstone, things like that. You can't get in those funds unless you have a minimum investment of, you know, 25 to a hundred million dollars. Right. So that was kind of their pitch. Um, but man, it's kind of an expensive capital. So you can see how this plays in when pitching investors, right? When I talk about, I've talked about some previous episodes, like finding your market for your fund. This is what you're doing. You're figuring out your waterfall distribution, taking it to investors, pitching a few investors and seeing what they say, right? If you take it to an investor um, like Cardone Capital did to me. And I was like, ah, and this was, I was going in their limited partner fund, um, not their standard fund, their limited partner fund. But I was like, I'm sorry. Like there's three other funds over here. I can put my money out. They're giving me this. They're, you know, averaging the same returns as you guys, but they're going to split, give me a lot better split and, um, ended up not investing with them because of that. That's your market, right? You got to pitch your investors and see what they like and don't like. Cause some investors will be like, you know, management fee, man, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want a management fee at all. Right. Um, I want there, they have some type of market in their head and you got to figure out that market for your space, for real estate funds, for debt funds, for VC funds, for private equity funds are all different. You're all going to have a different investor pool. And, um, that's something you got to test out when pitching investors. And then you can go back to the, you can go back and tweak stuff. So I always tell people go pitch your fund first, just map it out, whiteboard it out, put it into a simple deck and go pitch. 
and you'll get feedback at those pitch, you know, pitch rooms, uh, from investors and just pitch, you know, doctor, lawyer, just, you know, limited partners, nothing, no institutionals don't pitch them yet. Just try this out on some limited partners and see what they, what the, what the guff is. Right. And if there's no, you know, if there's no, any, any negative feedback, like if they're like, Hey, 12% pref sounds awesome. Um, and then, you know, 80, 20 to 25% returns. And then hundred percent after that, that sounds great. I'd love to invest. You go, great. I now we have our first investor. If they come back and say, gosh, Bridger, I love your fund. I love your model. Um, but it's just, you know, it's kind of expensive. I just, I don't want to be paying a management fee and you go, oh, okay. You can weigh that maybe come back to the whiteboard and call them through later. You know what? We actually took your advice. We're going to waive the management fee. You want to get in now? And they say, yeah, let's get in. Now they might say other things. They might say, Hey Bridger, you know, I, the fund waterfall is great, but I just don't like your investment strategy. I don't have confidence in it. Can you, you know, and that's where you maybe need to beef up, beef up your pitch deck. Talk to, this is with all business. Like any marketer will tell you, talk to the customer, right? Talk to the customer, talk to the market. For us, it's talk to the investor, talk to the limited partners. What are they looking for? What are they, they wanting out of a fund? And you can build that fund with the investor, not don't spend all the, you know, thousands of dollars in time putting to building this fund that no one wants to invest in. Go build the, the fund with the investor and make it the perfect fund that they want. Anyways, love you all. It's a quick episode today. I know some, for some of you, that's the simple stuff, um, but I think it's crucial to understand your waterfalls, your catch-ups, your clawback clauses, um, all that kind of stuff. That distribution with management fees, understanding regulation is huge. Anyways, love you guys. Uh, if you have any questions or any comments, hit me up on Instagram, Bridger underscore Pennington. I'd love to answer those on there. Um, other places I don't, I don't respond as frequently, but uh, Instagram is usually a pretty easy place to find me. So anyways, hit me up on there and I'd love to see you guys. Peace, bye. Hey guys, wasn't that awesome? Hey, if you want to learn more about funds, how to get going, how to get started, we did something cool. I put together what I call a mini vault and we've recorded a ton of training videos and resources to help you launch a fund. In addition to that, I gave you my favorite pitch deck that I used for a fund previously. I also give you a step-by-step guide of how to go through and launch your fund. Additionally, you once you get into our mini vault group, you are put into our private Facebook group and guess what? I go live in there once a week to answer your questions specifically about the fund and you get to interact with other fund managers from around the country and around the world. So if you're interested, go to www.investmentfundsecrets.com. You can hop in and join the group, join the private members group, get the resources, download the PDFs, and I would love to see you in there. Love you guys. Peace.